episode number 170 of the Living Deliberately Together podcast. Hi, this is Shira Gura. Welcome to my podcast, where you'll learn how to get clear on what you want and get unstuck from what is holding you back so that you can go on living deliberately. Thank you so much for choosing to be with me today. And now for today's episode. Hello, my dear listeners, and thank you so much for joining me today. So a few months ago, I changed the name of this podcast from Getting Unstuck to Living Deliberately Together. For the first few years of podcasting, I shared a story a week where I got stuck in my life, and then I modeled how I got unstuck. Creating content for that podcast was actually quite easy, as I had plenty of stuck spots in my life, And it was just a matter of, you know, which one should I share with my listeners today? And I had great fun sharing them because typically, in retrospect, I can see the humor in my stuck spots. Of course, in the moment, stuck spots can feel really heavy and serious and even life-threatening or relationship-threatening. But looking back at them, at least for me, I often can laugh at them. Anyway, I changed the name of the podcast and the content to Living Deliberately Together for a few reasons. One being that after practicing to get unstuck in my life with such focus and such commitment, I started noticing I was getting stuck way less than when I had started doing this work, almost to the point where I didn't have many stories to share because even if I did get stuck, it would last such a short time because I was so practiced with the tool. And of course, I wanted to change the name because in the third year of podcasting, I created a second tool called The Clear Way, which is not used to help you get unstuck, but is used to help you avoid getting stuck in the first place. And together, those tools are incorporated into this lifestyle I call living deliberately. And because I do this work with people, I called it living deliberately together. But I got stuck last week, and I am here today to share that story with you. The reason I got stuck, by the way, is because I didn't get clear ahead of time. And I'll talk more about that in a minute, but first the story. So I'm very musical. It's something I learned about myself at a very young age. I started playing piano at the age of five, but I'm not talking about playing piano. I'm just talking about being musically oriented. Despite the fact that I think I don't have a great memory in general, I actually have some really vivid musical memories. One of them was when I was in sixth grade and we were in music class. There was a few minutes before the class was about to begin and I went over to the piano and I started playing We Are the World, which was like the most popular song at that time. I wasn't reading from sheet music. I was just playing the song because I had heard it so many times on the radio. And I remember the teacher coming over to me and just watching me. And then I stopped and I looked at him and he said, where did you learn that? And I answered, I just heard it on the radio. And I'll never forget that look on his face Now, it's not to say that I'm some sort of musical genius. I'm not. I mean, I'm really, really 
far from anything like that. But that experience made me realize that I have some connection to music that other kids didn't. By the way, I remember even to this day that I started playing that song on a G sharp, which was a really weird note to start a song on. Anyway, I have another memory. I think I was a year older at that time, and I was invited to sing in the choir at my synagogue. I remember Cantor Shapiro pulling me aside at one point, and he taught me what I didn't know then, but now I understand, was harmony for a song called Dvor Yikra. And I didn't grow up in a family that sings, and I never heard of this concept called harmony. But I remember him teaching it to me and then asking if I could sing the part that he just taught me while he would sing something else at the same time. Again, I didn't know at all what he was talking about. This concept of singing in harmony was totally foreign to me, but I was able to do it, which made him really happy, I remember. And of course, me happy because it opened my mind to things I didn't even know about myself that was even possible. So 30 years later, here I am composing music on a pretty regular basis. I don't write words to songs, but rather I take prayers from the prayer book and I put them to music. And while I don't really transcribe my work because I... I don't really have a a reason to transcribe my music. The tunes that I've created are not only being sung in our synagogue where I live here in Israel, my music is actually traveling around the world because some of my friends here do work outside of Israel. One friend in particular that I'm thinking about runs a nonprofit organization that leads retreats around the world and they do Jewish chanting and he leads them in some of the tunes that I've created. But of course, I don't create for that reason. I create because I just love to. And I love dressing up beautiful words with beautiful tunes. This friend of mine, by the way, was my teacher in terms of being able to lead my own retreats. Of course, I'm taking a temporary break right now from leading retreats because of Corona. But leading retreats is one of the things I love to do most. I just love taking people away for three to four days, and really doing this work of living deliberately in a focused way. On my retreats, we do lots of things, including body movement and journaling and artwork and various mindfulness practices and group work and dancing, lots of other things. I actually really, really miss leading retreats, and I cannot wait to get back into them. But anyway, one of the other things that we do on my retreats is chanting which is a form of prayer where you basically take one sentence from a really long prayer and sing that sentence over and over and over again to allow the words and the energy of the words to sink into you. In addition to chanting, when the retreat is scheduled over the weekend, I lead a musical prayer service on Friday night. The problem is pianos aren't really transportable. And this is a problem if you wanna lead a musical service So what I've done up until now is I have invited a friend to join us just for that service so that there would be a guitar playing while I would lead in the song. Anyway, about three years ago, I decided 
I just wanted to learn guitar so that I could begin leading the prayer circles on my retreats and in my community instead of always having to depend on somebody else. So I signed up for a beginner's guitar class. But after like the second lesson, I think it was, the teacher told me I was too advanced for the beginner's class. See, what I was doing on my own was I was going ahead in the booklet that he gave out. So after the second lesson, I basically learned all of the basic chords and I even came to class with one of my songs that I've created. And I didn't play it very well, but it was good enough for him to realize that the pace that he was going at for the class, it just wasn't for me. And I inquired about private classes and he told me that he was already booked. So I took the guitar that I bought and I tried to continue on my own, but I pretty much got nowhere. Because learning guitar, it's not just about knowing where to place your fingers with your left hand. It's also about creating rhythm with your right hand. Anyway, so I basically, you know, was like off and on, off and on trying to learn guitar on my own for a few years, really, and getting nowhere. And again, while I could play the basic chords, I really couldn't play in public. I just wasn't good enough to sound decent or to be able to keep up with the pace of each song. A few weeks ago, I approached a friend of mine here who was a master guitarist, and I was being very victim-y, you know, like, I'm never going to learn, and poor me, and I'm almost 50, and this is not the time that you learn an instrument in your life. And he basically gave me some tough love and said, look, you can do this. You just have to commit some time to it every day. And, you know, he was like, look, you wouldn't let a day go by without doing yoga. And he said, you just need to do the same thing. You have to bring this into your soul. So I thought about that. And I went home that day. I took out the guitar and I played. And I did the same thing the following day and the following day. And then I just said to myself, hire him as your teacher. Now, I could have done that all this time. But quite honestly, with four kids and all of their classes, some of which are private classes, I just have this tendency not to spend money on myself if I don't have to. But I put my foot down and I decided to go for it. The first class was amazing. I have seven songs that I composed for a Friday night service and my goal is to be able to play them in public. That's my goal. To have the ability to play these seven songs in a group with other people because I'm part of this band where we lead musical services once a month. Up until this point, because I'm not on piano, I've actually been on the drum. But ideally, I would like to be on guitar. Anyway, so in that first lesson, we focused just on the first song. He taught me how to use the capo, which is this piece that you clip on top of the guitar to change the tone. And he taught me a new picking pattern that would be good for that song. And picking is basically, you know, what you do with the strings with your right hand. And by the end of the first lesson, I felt maybe 10% overwhelmed, but 90% excited because I felt like what we worked on was something I could take with me and work on during the week. But the second class wasn't at all like the first. I did do my homework and I practiced all week and I was so excited to share with him my progress, which he really recognized. And then we got to the second song 
And here's where I got stuck. It was somewhere in between not being able to play the stupid F chord. Sorry, F chord, I do love you, but I can't play you. (laughs) For those of you who don't play guitar, the F chord is a bar chord, which basically means you have to press your pointer finger on all six strings really, really, really hard and place your other three fingers on other strings. And if you don't do it exactly, it sounds awful. And even though my mind knows how to play the F chord, physically, I'm having a really hard time. So I was getting stuck in between not being able to play this F chord and then my teacher offering me alternative ways to play the F chord so that I didn't have to play the traditional way, which is really hard. And I felt like he was giving me an easy way out, which I didn't want. Like, if I'm going to learn the guitar, then just teach it to me the way I need to know it. And I didn't say that, of course, but I did say something. And his response to me was that it's actually really important to learn the different variations of the different chords. Okay, fine. So I accepted that. But if this wasn't enough, and by this, I mean, just feeling like a loser, he then offered me a good strumming pattern for this song. You see, what he taught me is that the guitar, it's not just notes, right? It's not like just playing the flute or the piano or the saxophone. The guitar also provides rhythm. It's like having two instruments in one. It's like having the drum and the music at the same time. And that's what you do with your right hand. So while you can just strum, you know, down, 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 you know, you could just strum it like that in a boring way, The same song can sound totally different if you add a good strumming pattern to it that fits to the song. So he listened to the song that I created. I just sang it to him. And then he offered me this strumming pattern and it was hard for me, like really, really hard because it has offbeats and it even has this thing where you like kind of hit the guitar in the middle like a drum beat. Let me play it for you. I recorded it from our lesson so that I would remember how to practice it. Okay, so I couldn't get it. And he saw it. And he was so patient with me. He was like, okay, let's slow down. And he would demonstrate it to me. And I honestly felt like a child in that moment. I felt so stupid that I couldn't get it. And I was thinking, he was probably thinking, why can't she do this? I mean, I know rationally, that's not what he was thinking. But my emotional mind was like, that's what he's thinking. And all of a sudden, I had this story in my mind. It was getting bigger and bigger, like this total drama, right? And tears were filling up in my eyes. I don't think he saw it, but I was so stuck. (laughs) So stuck. Stuck on being a victim. Stuck on feeling stupid. Stuck on feeling not successful. Stuck on impatience. Stuck on frustration. Stuck on desire. Stuck on so many things in that one moment. And at first I was like, 
wow, look at all of these emotions. I haven't felt these emotions in a long time and so many of them at once. And I took a breath, taking a stop. That's always the first place to begin. And I'm not going to walk you through all of the steps that I did for getting unstuck because I want to talk about getting clear and radical acceptance. But in seconds, I got myself unstuck because I debunked the beliefs that I had in my mind. And instead, I considered that anything that I want to create in the world takes time. And that's just how things work. When you plant a seed in a forest, the tree doesn't grow overnight, right? It grows over time. And if I want to learn how to play, I need to simply commit to practicing and commit to showing up every day. Now, the reason I got stuck, as I mentioned earlier, is because I didn't get clear ahead of time. If I had gotten clear ahead of time, there would have been a much smaller chance that I would have gotten stuck. And this is what I want to share with you now. Part of getting clear is the fourth step, which stands for acceptance. So the step before the E is about your expectations. Had I gotten clear before starting that session, I probably would have uncovered the expectation that I want to be able to learn that second song during that lesson. I knew we would be working on it, and I actually assumed it would be easy. Now, when you get clear, it's not enough to just look at your expectations. You have to radically accept the possibility that your expectations may not be met. I'd like to read to you an excerpt from my book, The Clear Way, which is going to be published on Tuesday, August 25th of this year. The fourth step of The Clear Way, A for accept, guides you to release the expectations you identified in the previous step. It is the open acceptance of a future possibility that is different from your expectations with no emotional attachment to the outcome. Knowing you cannot change the situation, the only effective option is to accept what is, as it is, at any given moment. By deliberately accepting ahead of time that your worst fear may materialize, you prepare yourself for that future moment. When you accept the possibility that your expectations may not get met you are at peace with the knowledge that an alternative future possibility may become your reality. Rather than resisting the opposite of your hopes and wishes, you recognize them as possibilities. You don't deny or ignore those alternatives. And even though this future alternative may not be your first choice, you acknowledge that you do not have ultimate control over the future. This step is not about giving up. It's about recognizing honestly where your power lies and how to use it. Radical acceptance is the opposite of getting stuck, which is resisting reality. By accepting reality in advance, as difficult as that moment may be for you, you are practicing being at peace in that moment. You prepare your mind for being at peace if that quote-unquote unacceptable moment should arise. You accept that the worst thing that can happen is that you feel a difficult emotion. 
By accepting a future possible reality, you are also at the same time releasing your expectations. This is a gift that only you can give yourself. You are releasing the self-imposed pressure to have to attain something that is out of your control. That's not to say you can't be ambitious or have goals, but it is to acknowledge where your power lies. For example, someone can accept that even though they are making changes to eating patterns, they may not lose weight during the first week of change. That doesn't mean they are not going to hold on to their desire to lose weight. Of course they will. But at the same time, they will be realistic and accept the truth that lies in front of them. When I learn to accept things as they are, I realize I don't have to worry about anything that comes my way as I simply accept it as it is, reality. To me, that's the most freeing thought there is. Accepting the opposite of your hopes and expectations is certainly not an easy task. And just like all of the other steps in the clear way and the unstuck method, this is a step that requires practice. If you feel you cannot accept at any one particular future reality, I challenge you to consider how not accepting it would serve you. While refusing to accept a possibility may be something you are used to doing, and hence very good at, invest honestly if that lack of acceptance is bringing you any closer to peace and happiness in your life, or is resisting reality keeping you frustrated, disappointed, and anxious. It is also important not to confuse acceptance with condoning. If, God forbid, a neighbor becomes verbally abusive one day, you may choose to actively avoid this neighbor in the future. While I accept that my neighbor may become verbally abusive with me again, I also don't condone that kind of behavior. In fact, accepting that reality makes it easier to not condone it. If I were stuck on wishing my neighbor was kinder, I would keep setting myself up to be hurt during future encounters. You can erect boundaries and choose not to be the recipient of hostile behavior. Accepting what is simply means accepting reality. While you may not be able to control your neighbor's outbursts, you are in control of how you react to the situation. Okay, so what I just read to you was an excerpt from my book, and I wanted to share it with you because acceptance is a practice. It may be a difficult practice, but it's something you can practice. You can practice uncovering your desires, and you can also practice releasing your expectations Not because you don't want them to happen, but because if you don't accept the possibility of them not happening, you may find yourself getting stuck. And while there's nothing wrong with getting stuck, in fact, a lot of my greatest life lessons are from my stuck spots, but I also don't necessarily want to feel like I'm falling into the same pitfall day after day. And so what I learned from this experience is that I need to get clear before I begin my guitar lessons. That's all. You know, getting clear isn't something you do once when you wake up in the morning and that's it for the day. It's something you constantly do. With every experience that arises that you can anticipate maybe getting triggered by, 
whether that's sitting down to the computer to work or before you eat or before you engage in a conversation with someone or before a guitar lesson, right? Who would have known? That certainly came as a shock to me, the fact that I got stuck, but it makes sense, right? If you look at all of the thoughts in my mind, which I didn't share with you during my unstuck process, but thoughts like, you know, I should be able to play this guitar, I should be able to play it because I'm almost 50 years old and I have all this musical experience behind me and thoughts like I'm never going to succeed, it's going to take way too long and I don't have patience for this and thoughts like I probably look really stupid in this moment, this you know, full grown woman trying to start a new instrument, you know, on and on and on. And I don't fault myself. That's my lower brain trying to protect me, trying to keep me safe and away from trouble, right? It's doing its job And it's actually doing a great job. But if I only live in my lower mind, I'm never going to evolve. I'm just always going to stay in that safe place. And in order to evolve and bring myself to new places, I have to let myself be uncomfortable. I have to allow myself to feel difficult emotions like frustration and annoyance and impatience And I have to go through those emotions in order to get to the other side. I just have to. There's no other way to get there. So, my dear friends, what about you? What in your life would you like to try out practicing in terms of radical acceptance? What can you radically accept as a possibility in your future that you may not want to happen, but you can accept it ahead of time so that you don't get stuck? Or which kind of emotions can you fully accept you're going to have to feel in order to evolve yourself forward to the next level? Emotions like frustration or embarrassment or guilt or impatience or boredom or stress. These are going to be uncomfortable emotions that you probably don't want to feel. But because you are not allowing yourself to feel them, they're holding you back. So where can you practice radical acceptance in your life today? Okay, my dear friends, please remember that my new book, The Clear Way, is going to be published on Tuesday, August 25th. And on that day only, the book will be free on Kindle. So please mark your calendar now so you won't miss that opportunity. And one more thing, if I can make a request, if you liked what you heard today, if it spoke to you in any way, please consider rating and reviewing this podcast on whatever podcast app you use. You may not realize it, but your rating and reviewing actually helps other people find this podcast. If you can take a moment to do that, I thank you now for doing so. Wishing you all a wonderful rest of your week. And as always, I look forward to living deliberately together with you. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Living Deliberately Together podcast. It is my honor and privilege to be able to show up here each week for you. If you enjoyed this episode and you would like to start applying this work to your life, you have to check out the Living Deliberately Blueprint, It's my online self-paced course, which will teach you my tools and everything you need to know about living deliberately. Head over to my website, shiragura.com for more details. I look forward to starting this amazing journey with you.